Hello and welcome to French Football Weekly, the podcast. I should I should be saying uh, Happy Christmas, really, shouldn't I? Um, I? I guess that's kind of what I should say at this time of year. Or Joie Noël is probably the exact phrase I should be using. Um, my name is Chris and that was the most scuffed intro of all time. I am joined by uh, Phil this evening. Phil, how are you doing? I am well, thank you. Good, good. Uh, just off the top, as if that intro wasn't scuffed enough, this podcast might also be a little bit random and a bit higgledy-piggledy because uh, myself and Jez are working on uh, work schedules timing today. So there's a possibility that uh, we may make a substitution halfway through with me coming off and Jez coming on to uh, to square um, off like the game. Like for like. Yeah, yeah, like for like substitution. So uh, equally, Jez might not make it. We just don't know. So uh, let, let's let's jump in and see what happens. We've got you a podcast. That's the most important thing. So, um, Phil, we're going to we're going to sort of start in Europe this week and then work our way into the weekend's Liga action. Um, shall we start in the sort of lower end, i.e. Europa League and uh, Europa Conference League? Because that will nicely trigger into Champions League afterwards. Uh, it would be safe to say it, it's been a pretty good week for French clubs in Europe and for qualification. Would that be fair to say? Yes. I mean, I think the three French clubs in the Europa League all came second in their group. So we've got a fabulous playoff to look for, look forward to. Now, some of them are going to be happier with that situation than others. But yes, we've got them and Lens, who um, finished third in their Champions League group, all in those playoffs. So when those happen, that will be very good fun. And Lille finally pulled themselves together and uh, and managed to top their group in the um, Europa Conference thingy. What's it? So they're they're going through um, to the knockout rounds there. So I think it was it was a, a very interesting round of games. We had Toulouse beating Linz, yeah. uh, the Austrian team. Rennes losing 2-3 at home to Villarreal. They had an equaliser ruled out for no reason. As far as I can see, I mean, I know there's a reason, but as somebody told me on Twitter, it's it's a it's a joyless reason. Mm. Um, and then Marseille losing one nil at Brighton, which I think is possibly why Chess isn't here because he's still celebrating that. So all of them came second and are through to the the playoffs. And Lance, they beat Sevilla to come third in their Champions League group. And while it was uh, it was um, in the interviews after the game, uh, Sotoga said, well, we would have liked to do better, but the grin on his face told you what this means to the club, to the players, to the fans, and he just said, love you a bit. So we've got them in there as well. They really struggled in that match a bit. There was um, a 
penalty, Frankowski scored to open the scoring. Ramos then got a penalty back for Sevilla on a retake after a very good save, but he was off his line, but was then booked for kicking Samba in the hand as uh, he went to recover the ball. But um, it was your man crush and mine, Fulgini, who got the winner for Lance in the 96th minute. So, yes, La Vie Belle. And Lance are still in Europe, and you just know from looking at them, they are not disappointed by dropping down a competition. They're going to give it everything. Yeah. it was a fabulous midweek of games, really. Uh, yeah. And we should also mention that PSG um, drew at Dortmund. Yeah, we'll um, we'll we'll park PSG just for a second because that that will sort of segue into the weekend, and I, I want to speak about them separately. But just on those results you've mentioned there, um, I think Marseille probably is going to be the one that they're going to look at as the most disappointed to not win the group, because as you said, it was like, yeah, really late on when they conceded that Jao Pedro goal um, in a game that of all the games I never saw being low scoring and nil, nil into the last minute. That was the one I had earmarked with goals and nothing happened. So that was good, but um, they they would be the ones who'd be most disappointed. Does it, does it sort of potentially put more pressure on, on Gattuso's men going into, they're going to get the extra fixture essentially, aren't they? You know, to have to qualify. Um, I think we've got the yeah. the draws, haven't we, for who the teams have got next? But yeah, they're. I think they're going to be the most pissed off. Yeah. Um. But when the draw was coming out, it was so close to being Galatasaray versus OM, and I was <laughs> holding out for that. The um, world would have ended if that. After <laughs> Mo was holding out for that, but they have got Shakhtar, yeah, which tough. also will not be an easy fixture, but possibly less uh, fiery yeah. uh, than Shakhtar. So, yeah, having another game, I think, is going to piss them off, but also the way that the group finished. Yeah. So they're probably going to be a bit annoyed, whereas Ren as I said, will be a bit annoyed that they didn't um, take a point against mm-hmm. Villarreal, but they will be playing AC Milan, yeah, which, frankly, that's the kind of tie you, you really want, isn't it? I mean, that mm-hmm. feels really old school. Um, Toulouse will be playing Benfica, yeah. which after their group with Liverpool in it, you're probably thinking, oh, bloody hell, can it get any worse? <laughs> and Lance will be playing against Fiber. That's so quite nice. I like that. Hope, yeah. Hopefully they get through because I think we've all loved watching them yeah. uh, play and the, uh, the attitude they've brought to Europe as well as to this league out season after they had such a good result last last time mm. uh, means hopefully we'll get some really good uh really good uh kind of uh matches yeah i'm i'm a bit of a closet freiburg follower and they they play some good football so that that tie is the one that really jumps out i mean i'm quite intrigued by that one i, I like the look of toulouse and 
Benfica because Benfica haven't had the, the greatest of seasons, so I'd give them a a, a shot in the dark there. I think Ren are going to struggle over two legs against Milan, I've got to be honest, but you never know. And then Shakhtar Marseille, I mean, Shakhtar obviously going to have to play, I think it's in Poland they play their games at the moment, yeah. so that's an immediate disadvantage. But Marseille, I mean, you just never know what you're going to get with Marseille, do you? Let's be perfectly honest. So um, some interesting ties there. And then in the Europa Conference, which is the one that Lille will be uh, pushing on into, they, of course, have already qualified as, as actually winning yeah, the group. Yeah, 3-0 against Glatzvig and all of them were penalties. Yeah, yeah, bizarre, wasn't it? Bizarre. Um, that uh, Actually, that that's, that's kind of a perfect segue, isn't it, really, to um, to coming back home, as it were, to the league on action at the weekend. Um, let's start with Lille PSG. Um, before we sort of wade into PSG again, I, I wanted to give Lille a bit of credit because watch this game it was the last game of the weekend it was the Sunday night glamour tie if you will um I thought the sort of the home crowd the atmosphere was was fantastic it was a you know, felt like a really big game all of a sudden and I thought Lille were, were pretty good overall and mm. okay okay it took them back to the 96th minute or 93rd minute 94th 94th minute. yeah yeah it was, um, was a kick in the ghoulies for PSG frankly yeah but it was, a, I mean, it was a massive mistake, and Marquinhos's face was a picture when the goal went in because I think he knew just how big a mistake it was from the defence to give the ball away there. And Tano was um, was beaten at his near post by Jonathan David, who'd come on as a sub. Good finish, to be fair to him. But I just thought Lille, granted, they didn't really kick into high gear until PSG took the lead, but they definitely deserved something. And that battle between Jagrova and uh, I, I think. Um, Hernandez, oh, his first name just escaped me. Um, brother of Teo, Luca, Luca Hernandez. I think he'll be seeing um, Jagroba's face in his nightmares because he had him on toast the whole game. That was a really intriguing battle. But um, it, it speaks for how far Lille have come, doesn't it? We've praised Fonseca before, but to be competitive against an albeit probably slightly tired PSG, given that they'd had Europe as well, it was pretty impressive from, from Lille, I thought. Yeah, and I... What's interesting is that they aren't scoring a lot of goals mm. when you look at PSG, Monaco, Marseille, but they're managing to keep things organised. They're managing to keep things together. Yeah. And it's possibly notable that PSG's goal was an Mbappe penalty rather than open play. So they're still up there they're in fourth and mm. it's uh yeah going to be interesting to see what happens because obviously let's be honest um the europa conference thingy what's it is going to be less of a uh stress on mm. the team than psg playing in the champions league and and the others in the Europa League. So everyone keeps talking about Villa should win C4. I'm like, mm. yeah, Lille. Yeah. Lille are in there. Yeah. And, you know, they have maybe not the same money as, as Villa, but a significantly higher amount of budget than some of the other teams who are in in that level so yeah 
I think it's Maybe the that helps, you know, the, that um, everyone's talking about Villa and, and they all might just sneak up. Yeah, fly under Sneak the radar. up. Yeah. yeah, I think it's the Unai Emery factor, isn't it? That's that's what mm. people are looking at because he's got such a good oh, record yeah. in in Europe. But um, but yeah, I, I I was I was impressed with Leo and and they've got Strasbourg in midweek. We'll come on to midweek fixtures in a minute because they've been played tomorrow before the break. And if they were to win that game, and uh, if buts and maybes, but if they were to win that game and results went their way, they could be in the top three going into Christmas. So that would be interesting. Um, as for PSG, before we touch on this particular game, so as you said, they did qualify in midweek uh, i've i've never watched a game in europe where psg looked so convincing and so unconvincing in the same 90 minutes as that i mean they absolutely battered dortmund for chances but of course they shot themselves in the foot with the opening goal um from adiemi it was pretty poor defensively time after time they got in there was a couple of close runoff side calls but they couldn't get the goal and then of course they rely on Zaya Emery, who once well, again is just I, I was surprised because the talk beforehand had been that he wouldn't play because he was injured. Yeah, so wasn't due back until January and and got the got the goal, and then we had the Mbappe goal, which was ruled out. Yeah, uh, which would have been the winner. So they went through on head to head. Yeah, um, after the vast amount of swing backwards and forwards. It was that was an interesting evening of football mm. um from a permutation point of view rather than a football point of view if you were watching this game. I mean I mm. understand the other game was fucking chaos. Mm. Um but sadly I felt a you know a, a need to watch uh, PSG play and regressing um, yeah, that. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I had I had both screens, so I, had, I went multi-screen. I had the tablet with Newcastle and PSG on the on the TV, and I just I think I said on last week's pod, I I, I thought PSG would have a lot of joy in the counter attack, and they had so many chances. And you just the longer it went, and as soon as they went behind, and you just thought Newcastle are leading, and you just thought this is so PSG. Um, but I, I, for once, for once on this occasion, I don't think they deserve too much criticism because on another night they win that game four or five one. I mean, they they really were battering Dortmund at one point, and the goal was was richly deserved. It um, it does take them through. They've got Real Sociedad in the yes. next round, and is... I just there's a wonderful article that Hamad Butt wrote mm. um, about the expected entertainment of the Champions League draws. And I think he had uh, this one first. Mm. Because apart from anything else, and I quote, watching Takekubo run at whoever PSG are pretending is their left back should be Mm. tremendous entertainment. So I do think uh... that uh, that will be an interesting one. It's Um, more... It's more nightmares for Hernandez, isn't it? <laughs> it's like the ghost of Chagrova comes into Kubo. Yeah. But, yeah. Whoever. Yeah. But yeah, Jess has joined us, I think. Oh, hello. Hello, Jess. How are you? You snuck in there. Yeah. Possibly <laughs> with some things to say about Brighton versus Marseille. 
yes, yeah, we we were we were just delving into the depths of PSG in Europe, Jez, and just talking about the game with Lille. But um, yeah, feel free. Did you did you manage to go to this one in the end, the, the Marseille game? Yeah, I did. Cool. What was your thoughts then? Because it it was definitely limbs when the the winner went in, and I was saying just before you got here, it was it was just so Marseille, wasn't it, to be. <laughs> to have the result in the palm of their hand then chuck it away and how was there not goals in this game I, I i was confused how both teams who can't keep clean sheets suddenly were uh nil nil into the 94th um well actually that's brighton's fourth straight clean sheet in in the europa they just can't keep a clean sheet in the league but um i mean uh, to be fair to marseille they hit the woodwork twice yeah to be unfair to marseille they did absolutely nothing. And I think, I don't know if it was sort of just their limitations or they were playing for a draw because that was all they needed. Mm -hmm. Um, And Brighton completely controlled it, but without being anywhere near their best, hence the late goal. But I wouldn't necessarily say Marseille sort of threw it away. I mean, Brighton was sort of knocking at the door all match. So um, it wasn't, it wasn't a shock that they scored. It wasn't like Marseille handed it to them on the pl- on a plate. They, I think, we definitely deserved the win. Um, and you know, I think the Marseille fans who are fantastic, as you'd expect, by the way, yeah. it was the best atmosphere that, that I've ever seen in the Amex. Yeah. Um, in general, but um, they definitely were partly responsible for that. Um, <laughs> There's sort of a running joke that you know Brighton fans aren't allowed to bring plastic bottle tops into the ground yet somehow Marseille fans or Athens fans or whatever can bring flares in. We're not entirely sure how that works, but anyway, um, yeah, it was yeah the atmosphere was brilliant. The Marseille fans are great, but yeah, I think I don't think anyone can begrudge it too much and and sort of looking at Brighton fans forums who are kind of trying to see what Marseille fans forums made of it all. Um, it seemed like a big takeaway was João Pedro cost the same as Vitinha mm. <laughs> um, and kind of comparing their respective abilities and certainly match winning um, moments, that kind of thing. Yeah. And Aubameyang didn't, didn't choose to turn up for this particular game back in, in England either, which is unfortunate for Marseille, but. Uh, yeah. But I mean, he, he needs service as well. Yeah. True. True. Yeah. I think when, when uh, Jordan Veritu has your best chance, um, you know, something's probably not quite right on the night, I guess, for, for Marseille. Well, he was, I mean, in the, in the first leg, he was, that's how bad Brighton were in the first half. Veritu was sort of rampaging down the wings kind of thing, controlling everything. But, um, I thought, yeah, if Jonathan Klaus wasn't creating anything, no one else really was. No, no, true, which could be has been said on a number of occasions for Marseille, for sure. What did you make of, um, we were just touching on the PSG game with, with Dortmund. I was just saying to Phil that for me, like watching this game, it, it sort of summed up the PSG that we know and love and also hate at the same time in that they they could easily have won this game 5-6-7-1 and yet also could easily have lost it just through you know their their lack of defensive awareness and it was a bit it did go a bit basketball for a while it was just end to end ultimately they were bailed out by Warren Zaire Emery who is becoming just so important to that that team and then we sort of saw the same against Lille at the weekend as well where they created enough chances to win the game comfortably and then lo and behold ship late on um 
I've got another question on PSG in a second, but just overall your thoughts on both the performance in Europe and then what looked to be a tired performance at the weekend at Lille? I, I, I watched it and genuinely can't really remember what happened. <laughs> I've watched so much football since then. But um, yeah, I remember it was certainly the first half, especially was really end-to-end. I mean, just, yeah, half-time, it could easily have sort of been 3 or, Um And so overall, I don't think PSG necessarily... I think it would have been harsh if they'd if they'd come away with a defeat. I mean, I'm trying to remember Dortmund. I can't even remember Dortmund's goal anymore. Um, the ME sort of breaking through onto a ball with oh horrific defending. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't tracked <laughs> at all. Yeah, it was poor defending. Yeah, um, but um, yeah, I think PSG deserved it. I was going to say they deserved to get through overall. Uh, you know. If it had gone a different way, I know Newcastle fans were moaning about that one particular incident, um, how to give him his credit, and I don't think he deserves much overall. Um, did say you can't really sort of judge a uh, you know a whole a whole group campaign by one incident like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, PSG got through. I thought the interesting thing of both matches really was Mbappe's. Attitude, and I know there's been a lot about it in France, but I have to say I totally agreed with him. I, I was pretty disgusted that PSG didn't push on for the win mm. against Dortmund, and I think they got very lucky. I'm not saying that Sociedad is an easy tie or a given at all, but they could have had on paper much harder ties. Yeah. And I was I was really shocked that they didn't they didn't push for the win, um, well, um, and then he sort of. St- extended his mood into the Lille match and you know there's been stuff about the fact that he didn't celebrate about the penalty that his attitude generally wasn't very good I saw one person saying you know he's paid 50 million a year whatever it is to not even break into a run I don't know about all of that but you know it's all the same thing that we pour over again and again especially with the transfer window coming up but it's not great uh, for him because I don't think he should be having that attitude and for PSG because (laughs) <laughs> rightly or wrongly they should be keeping their one really star player happy mm. you you kind of read my mind and you've, you've basically answered my question already so that <laughs> saves me asking you again but yeah I, I i did read about a lot of you know his quotes after the dortmund game and i, I agree with you i do think he's wrong it felt like he was uh sulking and greedy at the weekend but at the same time uh i, I don't know if you've seen the footage of the penalty where he sort of Goes up to Chevalier, bon chance, and uh, and then clips over him into the corner. So basically, um, yeah, good luck. And then rattles the penalty home. And then, as you said, there's no celebration. I don't have a massive issue with that. I mean, nah, not me, you know, not goalkeepers me. are allowed to get away with a bit too much on penalties, apart yeah. from jumping off the line, which I think is too harsh on them. Yeah. And they might um, be mates as well. I mean, I imagine they're similar ages, aren't they? I think Chevalier's a couple of years younger, but they could well be yeah, friends. Yeah, he's a bit younger. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to cut anything about penalties out, it's all the stupid stuttering run-ups and stuff, which I just think is unfair. If the keepers aren't allowed to move until the ball's kicked, then the penalty takers shouldn't be allowed to do all that hitting around. Yeah, I do agree. Yeah, completely agree. Um, And as you you sort of alluded to there, you know, the Mbappe thing will run and run. There's, There's absolutely no doubt about that. At the moment, I'm just just very glad that we've got a player like Zaire Emery to watch because he's a he is a treasure um, for sure and I think if you just said at the over the summer when Verratti went he would be the one to come in I wouldn't have been surprised that he got a chance but how he's taking that team on his back 
for he's just dominating that midfield. I think he's he's, he's dipped Degarte out of the team. The Sensio's not getting a look in. He's he is. He uh, also he strength. didn't celebrate his no. goal, but no, in right. a very different way. It was much more like let's get like, on with ball it. Ball out of the net. Let's get on with winning this now. Yeah, yeah. Um, professional. Unfortunately, Luis Enrique didn't seem to agree. No, I don't think Luis Enrique has ever smiled in life. Um, I think that's the truth. I think his face might crack. To, if it's to be fair to him, he's had a pretty tough time off the pitch. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, taking that aside, yeah, um, from a from a purely footballing perspective, even as a player, I remember him being quite quite sterny of face. But um, nevertheless, despite that late equaliser at the weekend, um, PSG do remain top, and they will do at Christmas because they're five points clear of uh, of Nice. Um, They've who, got a tough match coming up midweek, though. Is that met by any chance, Jess? Yeah. <laughs> it might be. Uh, let's give some love to love. Um, Phil, let me come to you on this one. They beat Nice by three goals to one. So that is the reason yeah. why PSG will stay there. Two red cards, four goals. Love having a lovely old time, aren't they? I mean, they're, they're, they're comfortably in 10th now. OK, the table is close down at the bottom, but it's a really big win. And, and Nice have... Um, I mean, they haven't gone off the rails. It's two defeats in five, in fairness. But I didn't see this coming, if I'm honest. No, neither did I. And so that's where you've got uh, something in the... Was this... This wasn't um, uh, in the multiplex. This was a good Saturday night game. Saturday afternoon. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah, two goals from Sabi and a, a penalty from Bio. There was a late, the, the one for Nice was a, a very late consolation goal, but like you say, red cards, Grancier and Toribo having. Grancier again, yeah. Bit of handbags there. And yeah, so it's um interesting that the Arve have pulled themselves back up out of the mire um that they'd had um they'd had uh not good not good results, but that and the OL win at Monaco on the Friday night were the two that made me go, huh? Mm. Well, well, that will be our next port of call um, for sure. In fact, was there anything you wanted to say? Because I want to get both your thoughts on that because um, I didn't get to see the game. I was otherwise occupied. But when I saw the score flash up on my watch, specifically with the, the late lateness of the goal, I, I just, I don't know, I just sat there and went, Right. Okay. Finally, <laughs> Leon have, have finally got something where they're able to stay in games and and get results. Jeffinho, the man with the greatest name in French football yeah. at the moment, eighty uh, fifth minute winner <laughs> from an Ainsley Maitland-Niles assist, no less. Um, but yeah, is this the turning point, Phil? Before I get Jez's thoughts on it as well, is is this the moment? Stonewise, the new coach is is this the the way forward for Leon, or is it just two very good weeks? Well, I think we've talked about this many times that one game isn't going to be enough. They have to put a run together, and to lose was fine, but B 
beating Monaco, I think, does show a degree of uh, organisation that would make you feel more confident as mm. as a Lyon fan. They're now up to 16th, um, which isn't fabulous, but is out of the automatic relegation spot. So, yeah, maybe they are starting to rumble on mm. um, in, a, in a better way. And because the bottom half of the table is kind of uh, compact in terms of uh, points, that it would only take one or two good games, good results for them to be looking much more comfortable because the bottom of the table is not looking fabulous in form terms. So why not? Yeah, yeah, less said about uh, certain clubs down at the bottom, the better. We shall move on. Just, um, Pierre Sage, is, there is always this danger, isn't there, of the caretaker who comes in, unites the group, gets everybody smiling again, gets a couple of good results. This is a really good result, albeit I think Monaco have shown in recent weeks to be slightly, not flagging, but... I don't know. There's just been a few signs, the, the draw at Love, the defeat at uh, Paris. But, yeah, where, where would you sort of sit in terms of Pierre Sage for now? Is it is it the, the best decision that, that Leon can make by keeping him in charge for the foreseeable future, give him chance to build this group over the Christmas break and then give him maybe to the end of the season? Or do you still think there needs to be a bit of firm decision-making at that club if such thing exists under Textor? I think there needs to be a firm decision made either way. So yeah. just, you know, a little bit of certainty, whether it's to give it to him or not. Yeah. Um, at least, you know, he's been at Lyon what, like, for most of his coaching career. Um, and so probably longer than most of the people at the club right now, sort of on and off the pitch. So that's not not such a bad thing. Because I feel like I think a lot of the problem of Lyon in recent years has been losing a bit of that sort of Lyon DNA, yeah. and uh, you know I know like Lacazette Tolisso is kind of trying to bring a bit, a bit of that back. It hasn't a hundred percent worked, obviously. Um, I think in terms of the last two matches, I don't know how much you can read into Toulouse and this match. For me, Lopez was by far Lyon's man of the match. It was yeah. a lovely goal to win it, but Lopez kept them in it. I'm not saying Monaco were particularly brilliant, but they had more than enough chances to win it. And it was it was Lopez who just kept keeping Lyon in it. So, um, you know, it's not brilliant, but they're grinding out results that they weren't doing beforehand. Mm. Um, you know, whether it was against Rennes or, or this one, um, and so that's, you know, you've got to start somewhere with the, you know, putting together some kind of run that isn't all LLL sort of thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter how the wins or the points are come by to start with. And then, as, as Phil said, it's such a uh, a close table that, you know, one more win and they're suddenly almost 
almost halfway up the table yeah and then they can maybe relax a bit and start looking to to put the performances with the results as well yeah um but yeah i think i think there's just been enough chopping and changing so just make a decision one way or the other and why not keep the person in there who who knows knows the club and you don't need to get someone in who's he's got to sort of learn all the ropes you know need a map to find where his office is that kind of thing um so at least keep until the end of the season i think and then i think at least everyone knows knows the score at least until until may june and then everyone can reassess yeah agreed and it's it's one of those results as well that if if a team pushing for the title wins a game like that it's the sign of champions and if a team are down at the bottom wins it it's a massive upset there's, there's just no in between but yeah, big three points for uh, for Leon, absolutely. So, um, the other club I wanted to give a bit of love to uh, Phil is is Brest. They went away to Nantes at the weekend and won two nil. We all said when they had that great start, we're like, yeah, you know, but they'll probably fall away. And to be fair, they did kind of regress to the mean and had a couple of iffy results, but they're back and they're back in form. Uh, Magneti and Munier with the, the goals here, Nantes not having the best of time of it either. They've, their form has dropped off a cliff in recent weeks, but Brest are, are up there in fifth. They're unbeaten in five. I mean, they're absolutely flying at the moment. So credit where credit's due. Sometimes yeah. you've, you've just got to give um, uh, give them their props. I think, um, as we said, they started so well. They were top table at one point. Mm. But the drop-off was playing Lille, PSG and Monaco. Yeah, you can forgive them that, can't you? So that's not like, um, shall we say, an unexpected uh, dip. And then they got back up um, with uh, unbeaten in five. So... Yes, they had a bit of a blip, but not the blip I think we were expecting them to have. Yeah. After that good start, I thought, there's no way this could continue. They're going to drop off and whatever. They did drop off, but they dropped off in games where all of those teams are now above them in the table. They're all very good teams. You'd say they're title contenders if we didn't have the whole PSG situation. Yeah. So they're still up, they're still going. Yeah. And this was another game where we saw that they can really put a game together. And as you say, Nanta beginning to drop off, but they weren't that bad before this game. No. So, yes, Magnetti and uh, Munier um, getting the goals for a 2-1, 2-0 away win. Yep. That's pretty impressive. So, I think that's going to be something where after the next two games, when we get to Christmas, yep. they're going to be still up there and... Yeah, they're playing really nice football and that's something I think we all enjoy seeing and normally you see it mid-table. Yeah. It's like, you know, last year with Lawrence and Raz, 
it's nice to see people, teams playing good football and actually getting something out of it. Yeah, achieving something, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's an Eric one masterclass at the moment. Um, but yeah, props to, to Brest absolutely to go away, clean sheet and get that result. They're in decent form and uh, heading into that final game before Christmas, they could well be in those European spots. Um, just a little bit of a, a sweep around a couple of other games. Uh, Lance beat Rouse by two goals to nil. Wesley Side and uh, Oscar Cortez with his first for Lance. Uh, Rams missed so many chances in this game. How they lost this game, I really don't know. Um, but the good news for them is it appears Will still is going to stick around as uh, Sunderland have gone for uh, the legend that is Michael Beale. Um, less said the better. So good news that Will still is gonna <laughs> is gonna stick around because he's done a fantastic job at Rams along with his brother, of course. Uh, Toulouse and Ra- and Ren, sorry, nil nil. Uh, less said the better. Two teams who played in Europe in the week. I think that speaks volumes of that game. Um, Jez, uh, are you sticking pins in a voodoo doll of Benjamin Lecomps as uh, Phil's Montpellier came out one nil winners? He he basically kept Metz at bay on his own in this one nil win. For uh, for Montpellier, any concerns? As you said, you got PSG in the week. So, um, any worries about where Mets are at the moment? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> again, it's very close. So, a win or two either way. Not that that's going to come before Christmas is uh, will push us up the table. But after we we had a nice run, and and that run is is very clearly over. Um, mm. So yeah, when it, when it comes to the the new year, we need to turn that around. I think, yeah, Lecon kept Mess at bay in the second half, but Ukija kept Montpellier at bay in the first half. So yeah, I think point. a draw probably would have been fair, but it, we weren't entirely robbed or anything like that. Um, what's interesting from the Mess point of view, and the thing that, that fans are clinging on to, is that it looks like. Um, Mikko Tautzi is is hopefully coming back on loan for the second yeah. half of the season and what a feeling certainly amongst our strikers he's still our top scorer he is yeah <laughs> so, I think him, him and Aziz I think are still still at the top end of goals yeah that, that would be a real coup though wouldn't it because I mean he obviously was brilliant in the promotion season well, and... I don't think we've been I don't think we've played too badly Two, sorry, I've got a bit of a teammate here. Um, I don't think we've played terribly this year, and our defense hasn't been too bad. It's just if you're not scoring, you only need to concede one a game, and then you're going to lose. So, yeah, yeah, it does come down to fine margins, doesn't it? But yeah, having a goal scorer back in the the ranks um, would be a bonus, as indeed it would be if Lorient were to have one of those because they don't have one at the moment, and they lost again. Um, it's not it's not good right now. Uh, Bakwa and uh, Kevin Gamero, of course, against his former club, getting the points for Strasbourg. So Vieira's men are on the rise. Bamba Dieng for Lorient. It was not enough. And uh, yeah, I think it's fair to say that there is pressure on Lebris now as Lorient sink to second bottom in the table. And Clermont currently fill the bottom place as they lost 2-1 to Marseille. Fair play, they battled, um, but they didn't have enough. Murillo and Harit for Marseille. Um, Alvina with the only response for Clermont, but yeah, ultimately it was in... ten goals. They yeah, scored ten goals. It's, it's a bit of a yikes, isn't it's it? To be honest, a they, problem. They're, they're going down. And it's like, an obvious problem. Yeah, 
they had a lovely time last year, but I think this year things are catching up. Um, I am on a little bit of a time restriction, so I'm going to draw a line under the weekend's fixtures there. But we do have one more round of games to play, which are at time of recording. We're recording on the Tuesday. There's a full programme tomorrow, which is Wednesday, funnily enough. Uh, they are as follows. All 8pm UK time kickoffs. Brest against Lorient. <sighs> Enough said. Uh, Clermont against Rennes. Lyon against Nantes. Montpellier, Marseille. Nice against Lens. PSG, Metz, as Jess mentioned earlier. Rams against Love. Strasbourg, Lille and Toulouse, Monaco. And then we're all off until the 12th of January. So the final round of games, let's say, Wednesday, 8pm uh, at the time of recording. Um couple of things to mention just before we do sign off. Uh, Phil, we've got a couple of Women's Champions League games tomorrow, yeah. I believe. Well, we've had the third round and there was, well, PSG and Paris FC were both pointless going into this. So they've now got their first points, both got wins. Uh, Paris FC beat Real Madrid 2-1, PSG, same scoreline against Roma. OL are, as you might expect, cruising um, nine points from three games, having beaten uh, Ran 3-1, two from Diani and one from Ada Hegerberg. Uh, so a nervy starts for the Parisian teams in uh, the Women's Champions League but uh, they do seem to be pulling themselves together so we do hope that continues just from a French point of view. I would also mention that for Montpellier versus Marseille tomorrow um, Montpellier have somehow managed to get the um, uh, Michelin starred um, chefs, the Porcel brothers, to make them a, um, what do we call it, a signature sandwich, which will be available at the um, Bouvet tomorrow, which features um, chicken and vitutinello in a sandwich so it it's just all quite strange this kind of thing is normally what leon does now um, very uh it's very big food and whatever but yeah so I... hopefully there will be no bricks chucked at buses and everyone is just going to make enjoy a sandwich I can hear Jonathan Pierce licking his lips as we speak uh, at that particular situation. But yeah, um, meanwhile, I'll probably have beans on toast. So how the other half live. Um, Jez, I um, appreciate you did join us late, but anything uh, else that you would like to mention um, before we sign off for the evening? Um, uh, one thing I was going to ask you about, actually, but anything you wanted to bring up? Uh, not that I can think of. <laughs> Okay, perfect. Then I will I will ask you this question to finish then. It's a bit of a sour note, but I did see your tweet earlier on and I'm inclined to agree with you. The Yusuf Atal apology, uh, quote unquote, that has come out, uh, he basically said that his video was taken out of context and he didn't realise what was at the end. Um, I'm calling bullshit on this. I think you're of a similar ilk on this particular one. It, it strikes me as a guy desperately trying to row back because he realises that he 
probably isn't going to play very much if he doesn't apologise. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, for me, that's that's one hundred percent fair. Um, I yeah, unfortunately, the last few weeks we've been talking about non-football stuff as much as football stuff, and at the at the moment, there's the Atal trial, the Gautier trial, and the Shaban uh, Angers trial. So. Yeah, it's again, it's yet another case of certain things not being a great look. But for me, um, for various reasons, I'll be careful about yeah. what I really think. But uh, yeah, I don't think there's any doubt whatsoever. I told you what he was doing. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, that kind of bullshit excuse is almost like Tory MP levels of, of yeah. rubbish. Yeah, you you know what you're sending and the length of the video and what's in the video before you send it. Let's be honest. And yeah. uh, many a many a trial has um has happened in such incidences before, and uh, without um, too much of an excuse behind it. I'm so, so, yeah. By the way, I'm surprised it's gone to a trial and it's affected him sort of football wise. But I'm pleasantly surprised. Yeah, yeah, me too. I think I think it sets the precedent. You know, you, you can't can't just get away with whatever you want just because you're a footballer. So. Yeah, very interesting to see um, how that goes. And uh, many other certain things that are rumbling on, I'm sure we'll come to a conclusion at some point as well. But less said about those, the better. Um, we'll wrap it up there then. Let's say we are on a bit of a time scale this evening due to other commitments. But uh, we, um, we're not 100% sure whether we're going to get a chance to do another show before Christmas. I would imagine not. Um, but, you know, you just never know. Uh, but as I say, there is a full round of games tomorrow. So um, do tune in for those. Um, the programme resumes, as I said, on the 12th of January. We'll probably be back in and around that date. So won't expect to hear from us too much. Um, I am looking at trying to do some sort of year end special, but we'll just see how we can align the digits, if you will. But uh, if we do get a chance to review the final week's fixtures um, before the end of the week, then obviously that will be on our Twitter feed, but no promises. Uh, right. Um, Jess, thank you very much for, for dropping in. So I appreciate it. It's been a busy day for you. So thank you very much for your time. No problem. Thank you. And to you, Phil, wrap up warm and look after that back. Thank you. <laughs> right. Uh, as I say, we are gone now for a little while, pending any last minute changes. So uh, wherever you are in the world, whether you're at home or abroad, whether you enjoy your French football or you don't, I'm pretty sure you do because you won't be tuning in if you weren't. But uh, best wishes to you and yours. Uh, have a very happy and festive, safe Christmas time, or if you don't celebrate, just have a lovely time off, and we will be back uh, soon enough where the action will once again be off and running, and Lorient will probably end up in Ligue 2. But we'll come back to that later date. Uh, for now, my thanks to Jez and to Phil. Have a lovely time off, everybody, and we will speak to you very soon. <laughs>